How much chicken curry could a deer eat before it dies? For fuck's sake. <laughs> deer uh, like uh, an adult deer <laughs> a or question. a baby deer because i reckon it's probably much easier to choke a baby deer to death on chicken madras than it is like a full-sized stag <laughs> i mean listen <laughs> the objective is not to kill the deer listen, we're not going to get the funding from any science div- division or government body if we go in guns blazing like we just have the last 10 seconds death for a not gonna like Funders. Maybe death row, but I don't want that on my CV, my scientific resume. <laughs> well, so are you trying to make like something akin to foie gras, but just with oh rather, rather than force feeding ducks, you're going to be force feeding curry to <laughs> venison, <laughs> curried venison, but not yeah. actually afterwards. It's like it's got the taste of curry. It's like well, actually, so is it? It just looks distressed. Guys, listen, there's a gap in the market: curried venison, venison curry. Mm. That's just, that just sounds like you've got Edwina it. curry and stuffed her inside a deer. Uh, that's not going to fly in this department, Idris. Talk like that, okay? Get back on track, here, okay? Get back on track. <laughs> I, I have a follow-up question. So I go, first go of all asked what kind of deer are we trying yes. not to kill with curry? <laughs> now I need to ask what kind of chicken curry because we might now, find... Yeah. The, the... I had a conversation about this very fucking subject in the cafe earlier whilst annoying my girlfriend at the place that she works. Uh, her colleague was was very sporting. I'll hand it to her. She was very sporting as I ranted to her in response to the oh. very question you just asked me. She, she said, okay, what kind of curry? And I said to her, listen, there's, t- there's two axes on this chart that we want to end up with. The first, the, the x-axis is spiciness of curry. Mm-hmm. The y-axis is how much it could take before it died. <laughs> I mean, are we failing morally when we're talking about feeding something and part of it is how long would it take until it dies or the possibility of death? Because Yes, that's why I wanted to this is this is what peer reviewing is and we're doing it right now. <laughs> Do you saying this is as scientific as that anti vax paper from like twenty years ago that panicked everybody? Oh, I remember that one. That was a good one. So I, I, I look up to his work. <laughs> he, he just made shit up, though, didn't he? He literally just he did. Yeah, just just wrote a complete load of bollocks, and yeah. then because he got the TV to you know put him on it, it was instantly everyone went, yeah. Well, now someone said it, so it must be true. So I mean, mm. that means front page of the Sun in two days, front page of the Star in five. We're gonna get. Mad lefty scientist feeds cormas <laughs> to innocent venison bovines. And it's like, okay, I mean, it was just an innocent look on what would happen if you fed a uh, curry to an animal, but they're taken out of context and they're thinking that now we're going to ruin all the posh venison for them. Okay, so you've raised an interesting point there because you're talking about optics. And I think that's very important with this study that we make sure that the press doesn't lambast us for what we're doing. Because yes, there will be some ethical concerns. We will reiterate as much as we can that the the, the objective is not to kill the deer. It's just to see how much um, they can yeah, take. I mean, the- when, when we did our experiment about four years ago with Freddy Starr and the hamster, there were ethical oh, concerns then. Idris, Idris, there were cut ethical this, concerns cut now. Listen, our, our legal team is screaming at us right now. Ura- uranium to babies, that works. 
All right, okay. You, yeah, I mean, we did, yeah. So No, I'm not going to make a Ukraine joke. <laughs> to, to get us back on track, because I am genuinely <laughs> curious about how much chicken curry we could feed to a deer, I've just mm-hmm. Googled what they eat, and apparently, according to the first result on Google, it's grasses, sedges, the leaves and shoots of trees, and other mm-hmm. woody plants are all on the menu. Fruit and berries are sometimes eaten too, while tree bark is taken when other food is scarce. I don't think any of those things exist in a curry. So is it possible <laughs> that <laughs> the deer might, okay, okay. might just be allergic to everything we put in the curry, so even a but very trivial amount I, I wanna, To be fair, we could, we could invent our own curry. I want to put, put a pin in that because that is a fantastic tangent that I want to, want to divulge on. But I just want to quickly, quickly state that, uh, as to return to my point about my appreciation for, for um, Andrew Wakefield, the man who scared, <clears throat> um, scared all of those poor women into thinking that their children got autism from a vaccine. Um, he was being paid by a man who had the patent for a alternative vaccine. That's where he went wrong. We need to be paying the other way so that we get right-wing figureheads to do the test for us so we become more of a shadow operation Mm. and they take all of the bad rap so that then we can sell the findings to Tesco so that they can make a deer-friendly curry alternative with possible horse in it I had to make that joke now (laughs) do we we need a kind of Alex Jones type, or is that too extreme? Do we need to go more mainstream? Do we need a kind of Piers Morgan? Oh, I Piers think. Oh, he's a bit high profile, but. I th- well, yeah, I think someone like a Piers Morgan would do quite well because they're the kind of person that sometimes says things that most people agree with on Twitter. So they've got a lot of a lot of market saturation. Whereas, mm. like an Alex Jones, it, you just imagine running around outside of a supermarket just screaming they're feeding <laughs> curry to the goddamn deer now and yeah no that's one... kind of part of yeah. his repertoire already and isn't it to be fair people might not believe in the study then because it was like oh is he, uh, is he uh... we need influencers yeah we need influencers well, I'm, I'm saying right now i don't think she's relevant anymore but what's her name zoella a fifth book's out i think sixth book <coughs> deer curry that's no, not a catchy name, but... No, no, no. we'll she's... workshop that, we'll workshop that. So she's not relevant anymore, so you're saying we could probably get her on the cheap as influencers yep. go. Yeah, right. big time. I, I, I oh, reckon yeah. five quid, box of chicken nuggets, and maybe leftovers of the curry once it's gone through the bowels of said deer. Not even that, I just think we'd pitch it as like, oh, this, this concept is going to go viral on TikTok. It will get you so much ad revenue if that's a thing on that platform. See, though... Just how we will probably have to ethically destroy the deer after the experiment, we will have to ethically destroy her as well because she's part of the experiment. <laughs> so who do we put in as her replacement who's technically still Zoella to the public? But on our end, we definitely know is not because we she's been incinerated. I think we're getting a bit too far down the rabbit hole here. Mm. I just wanted to return to your point, Kilo, about... <sighs> you may notice that at the start of this episode, when I pitched the very important question that we've spent nearly 15 minutes pondering right now. Mm. Idris said, oh, for fuck's sake. Now, that wasn't just because he was so surprised by my ingenious idea. This is a conversation we've had on multiple <laughs> occasions before now. And and I'm going to tell you why. Because you, you stumbled on it beautifully, Keela. This is all... You are all playing into my palm right now, you, you puppets. You puppets. Um, 
Sorry, that made the uh, mic yeah, go, that was about go to say. weird. Basically, we had an argument, didn't we, Idris, in the lovely... Uh, yeah, in the, the very... Pe- the Peak pe- District. It was like the most picturesque place you could be at the time, yet it was being consumed by the ramblings of a man's dream to fit a curry in the mouth of a deer and the now, perplexion of me. Yeah, well, the, the thing that, that irritated me was that we stumbled upon some deer shit. <laughs> and... <laughs> And I, I looked at the deer shit and thought, that's been through an animal, that's disgusting. Which I thought was a pretty common thought to have about feces. And I said, oh, that's gross. And both you and my girlfriend decided to pipe up and say, well, why? What's wrong with it? It's, it's just grass. They just eat grass. And I'm like, okay, touch it then. <laughs> and you were both like, no, I don't want to touch it. And I was like, why not? And you were like, well, you know, because... Yeah, and I was like, yeah, that's right, because it's gross. Pricks. <laughs> Thing is, right, what we weren't saying was, oh, oh fuck it, I'd love to bathe in a cow shit. What we're saying is, is that, you know, being within, like, a metre of it is not going to kill you. No, that's not S- what I said either, though, is it? not going to kill you. Well, I mean, to be fair, I don't have direct evidence of this, but from what I was mm-hmm. hearing, if there's a, a shit in there, you will, like, get into, like, a kind of bio suit. Right, okay, I'll tell you what. No, 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 no. No, what it was, what it was that Karis and I went for a picnic and we were trying to look for a place to sit that was at least two metres away from a turd. Now, that's very difficult in the British countryside. I'll give you that. So, I, I, I you know, I was setting my really. standards. Yeah, well, yeah, I suppose. I urge you, Idris, then, to make yourself a lovely sandwich. Bonus points if it's chocolate spread. Ew. And whilst you eat it, I want you to stare at a picture of some shit on the internet. <laughs> you tell me whether so or not saying, your enjoyment if you're of that next, sandwich... If you're sat next to shit while eating a tuna yep. sandwich, you're going to go, I fucking just have to stare at it. Oh, this is horrible. It's like, no, you just don't look at it. I, I wish it was that easy. What, are you, are you, you magnetically like said, drawn to the feces? Where do I look? Where do I look where there isn't poo in the country? As you just admitted, the sky. there's poo everywhere. The sky. I love uh, the fact... The sky, ladies and gentlemen. We're having an immediate, like, rehash of this argument <laughs> for the benefit of everyone <laughs> listening to the podcast. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that's, we're desperate for content. We will dredge anything. Yeah, this, this is not an ideologically sound podcast. and never has been. Um, so, you know. Let's get a third parties perspective on this kilo okay what do you okay. think right so Hit, uh, so you saw some like animal poo on the ground when you were out and about in the countryside mm-hmm. and ryan is such a city dwelling hermetically <laughs> sealed bubble boy that the concept <laughs> of being within three and a half feet of uh poo so it's an exposure yeah. thing. It's an exposure thing. Is right. what you're, so you're saying if I look at pictures of shit every day, no. eventually I won't mind. No, no. <laughs> what I'm saying is, like, speaking as someone who had the real displeasure of going to an all boys secondary school oh. and going up on Dartmoor, oh. so to do like a school trip and having the kids two years older than you physically pick up sheep poo from the ground and then chase you with it and throw it at you that you know what it's not pleasant but it can i can confirm it will not do you any harm whatsoever so yeah you can eat it and you'll be all right i would not recommend it (laughs) you've had poo in your face and i'm the bellend thrown (laughs) what 
It's, it's not like I got down on all fours and was like, mm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, gonna eat this now. I'll get my knife and fork out. And mm. no, I had, I had like bullying children older than me throw it at me um, because I was, uh-huh. I was one of the year sevens and therefore fair game for the year nines. But yeah, it's like it's not nice, but it's not, it's not gonna, not gonna kill you. I might give you a tapeworm. Yeah, I mean, I just but a tapeworm's good for you in some ways. Um, <laughs> that's the thing. In the city, shit's a bit worse. It's either it's mostly either going to be human. Oh god, or, or like or like dog shit. But like the dog's been fed like the really cheap, like win a lot horrible yeah. dog food. So it's just like oh, yeah. liquidy, like barely contiguous mush <laughs> that's just really horrendously smelling. Whereas like. You know the the what the, you just described was a curry. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas like the 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 poo that comes out of the back end of a a hind gut fermenting ruminant animal that eats nothing but grass all day, it's like it's not really that bad. It's no. you know it it's definitely it's not on my top ten lists of things that I most want to be near. But you know, it's. It, I've been near worse. I've I've been near Tory councillor, so I've already been near considerably <laughs> worse than that. Well, nah, nah. I mean, I'm going to link this into some of what we know about your life of a certain place near where you used to live. Yeah, which that was very the... to- like a Tory dreamland. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, the the <laughs> deepest, darkest entirety of Devon, which is just if it ain't Tory, it's pretty UKIP, like through and through. The only bastion. <laughs> Of 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 anything leftward of that is the occasional blob of um, of liberal democrat, and then I think there's like one or two cities that are have a big student population, so they're they're labour. But even so, the old um, the old um, Lib Dem MP that was the one we had before the Tory MP uh, was one of the biggest offenders on the um, expenses scandal uh, that eventually oh. cost him his seat. Like he spent like. A grand and a half on an ornate mirror and put it on, <laughs> put it on his expenses. Yeah, that was the one where someone built a duck house in mm. the garden. I remember that. Yeah. But, um, okay, I'm going to need you to elaborate on what a duck house is. is that a house made it's of li- ducks. It's, it's literally. I remember from the picture years ago because I had to deliver papers when this happened. It was a dog kennel. I think it was called a duck <laughs> house, oh. and it was in the middle of some pond. Some fucking MP had. It apparently cost like upwards of a thousand. No, in fact, it was more than a thousand pounds because they had to have the pond built as well, and they put it all on expenses. Um, and this was back when that was as major of a fucking scandal as you had. Oh, um, those were the days. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not this Cold War Part Two shit. You know, the tagline being "We've learned nothing." Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. We we had the whole like, oh yeah, Panama Papers. It turns out literally everyone is avoiding all of the taxes and then they were like you know what let's one up that let's um what's the it's been so many oh yeah when when pretty patel was literally found out what for spying for a a foreign government israel i think it was and all she got was the well you best resign yeah it's fine (laughs) because in like 18 months time you'll get a different better paid ministerial job yeah (laughs) Um, christ there was that Swiss leaks and shit like that. Mm. But that's the thing is, we're asking at the beginning of this episode about feeding curries to deers or whatever. I think this links back. If we're going to try and get it, so let's be honest, we're trying to make sure that every MP in the land sort of kind of suffers some sort of organ failure. How many tons of curry do we pipe through them? 
the, the Tory MPs. We're going to pipe Curry through Tory MPs. Uh, let's not be political here. Sorry, okay. We're, there are other... We'll do what the BBC other does. M- <laughs> um, other MP political ideologies are available. But we're technically talking about the blue ones. Um, <laughs> how much would it take, do you think? Let's, let's, let's get our beloved Prime Minister of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. Um, let's strap him to a chair. Now, how long do you think it'll take... I'm t- I'm I reckon, I reckon he be. lives off it already. To I, be honest, I, I reckon he's say, hooked up to a drip. There was a oh, there was a, a rumor that he spent like eight hundred pounds a week on takeaway, which is why he was like <coughs> so indebted to so many other people because, and why he referred to his what one hundred and fifty thousand pound a year salary as chicken feed because he spends. <laughs> obscene amounts of money on his dozens Giving of illegitimate the to children and what have you. But yeah, he was like spending loads and loads of money on Uber Eats and Deliveroo. So I reckon of all of the people that you've kind of picked, I think probably only, and he's not really an MP anymore, John Prescott would be the only person I can think of who could probably handle being force-fed more curry than <laughs> Boris Johnson. I fucking forgot about John Prescott. Yeah, mm. I agree. I think... If you put Reese Moggs up there, he wouldn't last like two minutes because he was like, it's foreign, and then he would just choke to death oh, as he panicked. He, yeah. he passes out on the popper, Dom Zeta. <laughs> <laughs> it's too spicy. Um, yeah, so just so I've got a kind of kind of like event horizon level vision of like the horrible aftermath of like the whole of the Houses of Parliament just being filled with MPs strapped to curry machines and just, like, someone walking in after an all-weekend session and it's just curry coming out of paws. I like to think that th- this prospect is actually the best thing that a local family-owned Indian restaurant <laughs> has ever heard. Oh, and they're like, we, we just, like, hook up. We let we move them in to the Houses of Parliament next door to the chamber in which they talk about, you know, letting poor people die. Uh, and we just sort of... Like, you know, they're just sort of stressed out. They've got, like, you know, like, fucking orders pouring out of a machine. They're shouting at each other. There's pots clanging together. And then, you know, they're just kind of, like, having this whole psychodrama whilst, you know, the MPs are begging, like, the next room, please, please, oh, it's too spicy, like that, and, you know. You know how you can, like, see those pictures of, like, cows in farms, like, right next to each other in those sheds being milked? I imagine it would look like that. Or it would be like the the Mr. Creosote scene from um, the Monty Python's The Meaning of Life, where he's, <laughs> he's in his full like um, dinner jacket and just like you know all dressed up nicely because that's what all the posh toffs in Parliament <laughs> like to do. Um, mm-hmm. But then they'd have, I imagine, something like um, you know those the water drips that you have for like hamsters and mice, like a big oh, almost yeah. like a sugar shaker for like in a. A greasy spoon calf yeah. but on its upside down with a little like pipette thing coming out the bottom stuffed <laughs> down their throat and it just you know it's constantly pumping like madras into them until inevitably their whole insides do a pop we are going to need some sealant we are going to need some yeah. industrial strength sealant to plug up those pores that Mm. Erupt from the from the air. But what's our end point with this? I mean, when do we say we've done the science? I think, well, I think the problem is right now that we've got is we're going to struggle to get people like CERN on board because it's like, oh, we've got a large hadron collider to look after. We can't fill Tory MPs <laughs> with curry. So what we need ultimately is a a famous science person like Brian Cox or mm. um, Neil deGrasse Tyson. We need those guys. Yeah, they need to be in for it. 
And to be honest with you, I bet Brian Cox would have it done to him. He seems like the type of fella to be fed curry all the time and quite like it. And we use them as an advertising platform. And when it inevitably falls apart, which it will, let's not let's not beat around the bush. There will be resistance to this plan. Then we switch tactics. That's when we roll in the days. I'm not too worried about a 60-year-old man putting up a banner and using a megaphone to make puns about Madras and ass. <laughs> and too fair though. Vindaloo and Waterloo and what we, singing a song like a you know that old nursery rhyme. That's when we send like snatcher groups in to take them like like oh they're, they're, there's there's a potential and then we grab them and then hook them up to the crew machines. Oh no, we give them free tasters. We have a little cart that goes around going. You guys must be hungry from all this here protesting of the horrible. <laughs> Man milking curry farm they've got in there. <laughs> you hear some free curry. Don't tell them it's been through them. Just That's this the idea that the Houses of Parliament, like some foreign dignitaries, go, we're just, here's the Prime Minister. It's like no one would want to be voted into the position. It'd be like, it's the election. Please don't elect me. Please. I don't want to be hooked up. It's the idea that the, the, the state of psychosis that he's in means that the only word he can ever muster from then on is karma. <laughs> it's like President Biden today met um, Prime Minister Johnson today and it's just this horrible picture of Biden looking horrified as, well, they wheel him in. Like his, like his sort of, uh, you know, his henchmen, his bodyguards, like jumping in the way of a curry explosion. Well, they just wheel Johnson in, and he's like, at this point, he's like nineteen stone, and he's just got no, no noticeable neck whatsoever left anymore. <laughs> And he's just like, he can't reach his own face, so one of his aides has to come over and pat the meat sweats off his clammy forehead. And he goes to, to shake Biden's hand with one of his greasy, stubby little flippers. And Biden yeah. probably farts and looks confused and then wanders <laughs> off. And then we hook him up to a curry machine. I, I, if you hooked Biden up to a curry machine, I think he would probably <laughs> instantly disintegrate. Yeah. Like, he's, so, he's like so... Like, you know, those old books that you have to handle with a pair yeah. of, like, white linen gloves and you have to keep them in yeah. a perfectly hermetically sealed environment at the same kind of, like, level of moisture and humidity. That's what Biden's like. He's... Oh, so, so do we think he would be able to take more than a young deer? Or would, the, would you know, this is the kind of hard data that we've kind of moved away from. So I think Biden lives on, like, mashed prunes... And warm milk. I think if you gave him anything, yeah, if you gave him any kind of food that had even a hint of seasoning to it, it would probably kill him outright, instantly. <laughs> this fucked me up though, because I saw a TikTok video that was just this like a hundred year old man, and I was just like, if I know TikTok, these comments are going to be lethal. And the one that fucked me up was the one that just said, one salt and vinegar crisp and it's all over. <laughs> <laughs> and it just, it just made me think of, like, if you went back in time and gave a salt and vinegar crisp to a peasant, would they think it's witchcraft on their tongue, you know? Could you imagine trying to explain the flavour of Red Bull to a peasant from the late <laughs> medieval period? But it's like licking artificial sweetener off of a battery and they'd just be sat there going what are either of these <laughs> What's things? a battery? <laughs> yeah. yeah, well it, uh, it's the whole thing like just showing them the can would be enough for a slight panic 
if it was ice cold, that's another thing. It would build up and build up. By the time they've actually drank the Red Bull, they'll probably think, like, the angel Gabriel had come down and kicked them in the bollocks, and they'll be attempting to overthrow a government. So, okay, the question now is, how much karma could a medieval peasant take? Oh, to be fair, I think, I think very little. Like, very, their, very their little. stomachs and intestines are so... Well, they won't be used to it. They used yeah. to... Gl- no, are, you, are you sure, though? Because I feel like they've been living off... They've been sort of living in the dirt and shit. So, they've been eating uncooked meat no, and shit. No, no, so medieval no. peasants <laughs> ate very, very little meat because um, yeah. it was all... like So most meat and game would be owned by the lord and then the peasant would have to farm the land and they would obviously they probably tend to the livestock but Mm. when it was slaughtered it was the the lord got the pickings and you might be able to have like the milk from a cow um but you almost certainly wouldn't be able to eat it that's why in um in uh, english we have French words for the food an animal produces, and then um, like Anglo-Saxon words for the animal itself. That's why you have cow and beef, etc., etc., because all the nobility spoke spoke French. Yeah. Um, but yeah, medieval peasants would probably have eaten like a lot of uh, of root vegetables, um, no potatoes because they didn't exist in the country at no. the time. So lots of like swede, turnip, carrots. Um, if they lived near the sea or a river, they would be able to do a bit of fishing, so they'd probably have some fish, uh, which in medieval times, fish also included beaver, believe it or not. Um, oh. Yeah, yeah. They thought, uh, beaver, that's, that's, in the, that's in the water. How fucking dare you <laughs> hijack this podcast and turn it into an interesting factual walk <laughs> down well, <laughs> memory lane for you, you ancient fuck. <laughs> Sorry, but like... To, to bring this back to how much curry a medieval peasant can handle, and we're talking a... <laughs> there we go, now I'm listening. A European medieval peasant, the answer is fuck all, because to, to, the, <laughs> to the medieval peasant, sugar was considered a spice. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. if you got them eating, like, you know, a bolty or something, that would blow their bollocks off. They'd have, they'd have no frame of reference for it, so... No, and... Um- it's, I mean, it's it's why peasants also tended to live longer than the lords because mm. their diet was actually for us better because you're having yeah. like vegetables, you're having grains and stuff like that, and less red meat. And the meat you did get was normally chicken or mm. you know rabbit or something. Yeah. So they tended to live longer because they were eating a better diet. If you fucking slapped a curry in them, their yeah. ass would fall off. Oh, the other thing as well is like one of the most common things when you don't have access to like clean water um or like proper sewerage that will kill you is diarrhea so you give a medieval peasant a curry and i guarantee that's a death sentence for them they're going to get the shits after it and that'll be it they'll be gone well and they'll probably infect a load of people around them Mm. with dysentery so actually ryan you just wiped out london well, amazing. Well, there we are. I think that's the end of this segment. <laughs> Listen, it's season two of the Snuff O'Clock podcast. Okay? Yeah. We didn't even do a proper no, introduction this time. That was the longest cold open we've ever fucking done. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just going to sort of insert the sound of the fading in music intro at some point within that ramble. We've hit the 30 minute mark, which I've now decided is going to be the point in which our episodes we arbitrarily switch to a completely different and irrelevant subject matter. Okay. So, even if we're halfway through talking, just move. But yeah, get fucked. So, <laughs> how fucking ugly do babies look on ultrasound, though? Babies look <sighs> fucking ugly basically until they've become a toddler. They look like a screaming bollock. They're horrible. <laughs> They're like the little mandrakes in the Harry Potter 
series when they're getting repotted. <laughs> I get that. They're, they're, they're fucking horrible. Listen, I I would love to sit here and give you the same regurgitated babies are ugly, I'm a millennial and haven't confronted the fact that economically <laughs> I have less op- opportunities for prosperity like my parents did and therefore I've had to come to terms with the fact that it is financially viable for me to have offspring. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Instead, what I'm <laughs> going to do is just, listen, there's something so comedic to me about the adoring look parents have on their face as they look at that ultrasound screen and think that's my baby boy but to everyone else it's the souls of the damned screaming through a crack in the realms desperately pleading not to be born uh, seems a lot to unpack there from what you just said about your thoughts on on babies and children <laughs> uh, this isn't the response i was expecting <laughs> ultrasound babies has ev- everyone played the original half-life no. I have oh, not. It's right. probably the okay. biggest hole in my gaming. Um, but everyone uh, listening who is, like me, old as time itself and has played the original Half-Life, ultras- babies on ultrasound look like the final boss of the original Half-Life, Nihilanth, which if you Google now, you can see 100% is just a baby ultrasound that floats around and its head opens and shoots like energy beams at you. I'm just happy I spelled that right the first time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it does, yeah. It's yeah. even got the wrinkly fucking forehead. And the dead, hollow, black eyes as well. <laughs> or, you know, the, the wrinkles from where it's been fermenting in its mother's <laughs> fluids for a good nine months. Fluids. Yeah, that's, that's disgusting, you know. We should just not have kids anymore. This is a children of men state that we're advocating. Is that what you're wanting then? Like, okay, guys, let's just go all Clive Owen. No more kids. Maybe we should just, like, ask people to send in their ultrasound so we can roast them. (laughs) Maybe that's what we could do next episode is just ask people, hey, so, hey, listener, if you have a child and you've still got your um, ultrasound scan of your child's face saved to your Instagram because you thought someone would care that you posted that, then, yeah, please send it to us instead and we will tell you just how fucking horrendous your baby looks. Just imagine, though, like, how proud... Oh, that's another life form that we've created together and you just burst in going, it looks like a fucking demon. And you, (laughs) like, get a plunger out and just get it out of ice. That, look, that looks like Boris Johnson after we fed him a thousand vindaloos. Oh, look, Ryan, look at our new child. Fucking hell. Look at like our amoeba. Let's crush it underfoot. It's like... Let, let them enjoy their infant. I'm not, I'm not doing too well financially, guys. <laughs> That's what this is all about. Right, well, let's unpack that. Like, how many crews would it take to make, make you financially secure, Ryan? That's... It costs money. Curries cost money. But if you think about it, if someone's giving you the curries, if you replace all of your meals with the now free curry, that mm-hmm. might save you a fair few quid. I know that would, like, if I could cut down my food shop considerably, I would be mm-hmm. much better off. So maybe they're onto something there. The curry is being cured through the gut of a Tory. And then a deer. And then a medieval peasant. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then finally through <laughs> the unborn fetus or child. Babies are ugly, but it's like, you know... If it's yours, there's probably a natural instinct to go, oh, it's the most beautiful thing, look at it, just look how cute it is. There is um, like a chimeric relationship between a a person who carries a child and the, their offspring in that the person carrying the child will, through the placenta and, and that, that whole system, will end up with some of the child's cells in their brain. 
Um, oh. And yeah, yeah. So it's, it's like this this oh. relationship, which is one of the reasons why people who've given birth are like often almost it almost seems irrational how much they are in love with their child. But it's obviously an evolutionary trait because human babies are really crap. They need looking <laughs> after. They need looking after for like like yeah. years before they're even remotely able to I read to somewhere them. that human babies have, have sort of evolved to have a voice that sounds a bit like a cat meowing so that we give a shit about them. Yeah, yeah. That makes in, makes perfect sense because, like, they can't look after themselves for several years. Uh, they're, in, they're, mm. they're a huge, um, like, cost in terms of, like, calories to create one and then to, like, look after it. Hock up a furball and go shit in someone else's garden? Yeah, like, it's very different to, like, the way, like, hamsters, when they give birth, if they just decide that their babies aren't viable, they just eat them, and then, like, right, done. That's efficient. Yeah. That's efficient. <laughs> no no lost calories there. Suck them back up. Yeah. Suck them back up. Okay, yeah. well, let's yeah. start eating our infants. What's your, what's your favourite curry, guys? That's what this has turned into. <laughs> We've run out of steam yeah. on this subject. I need, we need to move on. Uh, to be honest with you, I've kind of been put off from curries after this conversation. Whereas I really fancy one now, even though I have had my dinner, I'm like, hmm. What do you go for? What do you tend to go for? I tend to go for the tandoori shashlik that's like the skewer with the veg and chicken on it. Like, I've not been getting curries a lot. I've been getting curry-adjacent things from the place that does curries. But before that, I quite liked creamy curries, like kormas and and, and the like. So you, you're telling me that you can't handle your spice? Is that what you're telling me? That's what this is all about, isn't it? You've come in here like a like a sneaky sneaky boy, yeah. pretending to be on our side, the the spice supremacy gang that Idris and I have formed. You, you, <laughs> you've weaseled your way into here now, and this whole time you're an undercover operative. Unfortunately, I am. Creamy curries. I am a white <laughs> southern male, so therefore the least likely to be able to handle spice of about anyone in the UK. But no, I, 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 I'm not too, not too bad with spice. This is the most irrelevant bullshit. We're now talking about the types of food we like. Well, I am. Um, <laughs> what are your favourite curries then? I'm just there for the naan. Oh, good call. You know, just you can get, you can put cheese and jalapenos on a naan, and 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 people will argue it's a pizza, and I'll be like, that's culturally insensitive. Actually, the thing is with pizzas is that's that's like a kind of a, a method conservative but ingredient radical pizza because it's still like. <laughs> A bread product on the bottom with a layer of dairy and some toppings, but mm. you've you've gone out of your way to get radical stuff. I'm one of those people who actually I can't really tell you much about an individual curry. I just make a curry and I like mm. it. You give me a curry that's a bit spicy, throw in some chicken in it, put it on some rice, I'll eat it. Mm. You'll you'll lap that fucker, mm. won't you? Yeah, slurp now, it down. As long as it doesn't have like a fucking cardamom seed in it or something like that, like I'll I'll, I'll eat it. I'll even eat the bay leaf, well not eat it, but, but chew on the bay leaf. And it's even better if it's already passed through the digestive system of a deer first. It adds a kind of uh, woodiness to it that you don't really get from the gut of a Tory. But when yeah. you get it through a gut of a deer, it's like... It's got... I know you're joking right now, but this is indistinguishable from the rhetoric that you're using to belittle me for not wanting to go near deer shit. <laughs> what do you mean? You just, this, is just what it, this is what it boils down to, Idris, is that you keep circling it back to how you don't 
mind about the fucking, you know, disgusting nature of deer shit. Just eat it then. Just eat deer shit. Go on. No one's going to stop you. You can sneak out at 4am, go to the peaks by yourself, is, catch a night train. What you're Just doing, though, is... In your underwear, no less. <laughs> Tredge through the fucking grass. Get up there. Pick up a little morsel. Have a little chew on it. Think about your life choices. See, you're no different to, to a UKIP, Ryan. <laughs> you're you're an extremist of a sort that is very English. Oh, so I'm the I'm the Jeremy Clarkson of shit. Yeah. Is that what you're trying yeah. to tell so me? So you're gonna make your own program on Amazon about farmers and uh-huh. people are like I'm being good to farmers, and then it turns out actually you're kind of fucking over your local area because a load of twats from London go. I want to go see the Ryan's farm. No. Like Jeremy Clarkson sparks a nuclear blast of gentrification <laughs> in the world of farming <laughs> that just wipes out the entire UK farming economy in one fatal blow by turning it into a television show. That's actually happening, though. Because think about it. I was on TikTok the other day, because we all are. We're all hooked up to this central consciousness these days, whilst we're having a shit. <laughs> um, and there was just a video of a guy just like he'd hooked up his phone to his like combine harvester and he was just like cutting broccoli, like cutting the leaves <laughs> off broccoli. And I was like, he doesn't say anything. People ask him questions like, where are you? How many of these do you make a day? He just reads them and ignores them. <laughs> the only time he responds is when people give him money. And he's like, cheers for the roses. Because that's how TikTok has to trick kids into thinking that money isn't money, is turning it into random nouns and little JPEGs of those nouns that you then send to creators for playing Minecraft on an inferior uh, operating system on an inferior streaming service in portrait mode. That's how they do it. But this guy was just cutting broccoli and nothing else happens. And I was like, 2,000 people were watching this. I kind of like that. I respect that. It's kind of like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to film myself and see how many of these people is going to pay me for it. Actually, you've raised a very good point, because if you were sort of doing the whole performance of a typical streamer, it would glamorise the work of a farmer, when in reality what he's doing is showing the mundanity of it, showing the slow, methodical process of individually de-leaving every fucking bit of broccoli. I'm sure there's a word for it. I'm sure it's a funny word. I don't know it. Could you please look that up for me? Um, But no, he's not doing that. He's just sort of staring at the camera and looking a bit miserable. And and in a way, the longer you watch this live stream, your smile at the, the novelty of the concept slowly melts into the realisation that everything that I eat, everything I consume has been, you know, made through labour. Everything that I look at in this room has been made by someone whose job it was, maybe still is to this day, to make that thing over and over and over again. There's no way that all of these people have been paid fairly for all of these things. And that's the degree of separation that this economy is hinged on to stop us questioning just all of the unethical practices that go into saving costs for these big companies when it comes to outsourcing their labour to countries that don't have to pay living wages. I just thought when you said he just stands there not really talking, like de-leaving broccoli, I went, that sounds really relaxing. I could put that on in the background. Just unwind, just chill out, have a nice cup of tea, stare at a man, shucking broccoli. Do you shuck broccoli? That's what I mean. It's like there's got to be a word for it. Shucking is a good word. I like that word. I'm, I'm going to call it shucking. That's now. what you do with peas. I'm going to go isn't around it? the supermarket now. Yeah, well, I think no, it's corn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Corn is shucking, isn't it? Because I'm going to go around the supermarket now, just pick up bits of broccoli and go, mm, yeah, that's been very nicely shucked. Mm. Have you had that? Are we done? Yeah. <laughs> 
Have you had that one? I was going to say, like, it out for a few more seconds. I dare I, you. I, I thought it's broccoli, but I don't. I think it's a type of um, cauliflower. The one that's like that weird Fibonacci spiral one that looks like a fractal. It's no. like a. Ro- I think it's called like romaine cauliflower. Romaine, Romaine cauliflower. cauliflower. Let, let me let me get googly. Let me get googly. This is good for the audio listener. Lump. Whoa! Yeah. It's like tool artwork, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Except much, much, much more palatable. <laughs> Somehow not pretentious at all. Yeah. Can a vegetable be pretentious? I think this is probably the most pretentious vegetable there is, and still somehow it's less pretentious than any uh, tools <laughs> output. I don't know where he just has gone. I think we should just he's he's dipped. Mm. He's gone. He's still on the He's just still on the voice channel yeah. thing, but there's there's nothing. It's kind of spooky. Nothing coming through. Yeah. We used to make this joke actually. I don't think we ever made this on a podcast, so I'll, I'll keep this in cuz it's funny. Um about the way that Jordan um used to leave Discord and it would do what Idris's account is doing now where his thing would stay there. <laughs> and we joke that what he was doing was he was just like he'd say goodbye to us and he'd just pull the kettle <laughs> out the back of his computer. <laughs> and it was just everything on his computer was just like you know like when you sever the spinal column yeah. but the eyes could still blink <laughs> yeah it's five seconds of abject horror before the oxygen stops going to the brain yeah <laughs> I guess we'll do the wrap up without him then anyway we never did a formal introduction so I'll do that now after 52 minutes of recording <laughs> so Kilo's with us now Bonjour. That's not even his birth name, but it's it's it, his. This is cooler. No offense. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, Idris was here. You know Idris if you've listened to our first season. I've been Ryan, and this has been the Snuff O'Clock Podcast. Um, we're in season two now, and we still have no intellectual merit. So nothing, nothing's changed. Whoa! Oh, hello there, Idris. Pulled the kettle. Okay, he did it, pull the kettle lead out. He pulled the kettle lead out. He did. So Idris just said for the audio listener, he just joined our Discord and said his computer just crashed. Uh, this is going to be horrible to edit. You know, we're, we're doing the outro admin anyway, mate. So you've only missed the funniest part of the podcast <laughs> where we firmly ran out of steam and failed to admit it. All right, for those of you who can't hear it just right now, you're going to have heard me talk to no one just there and probably thinking, hang on a minute, did my thing just cut out? No, it didn't. Idris didn't have the fucking intuition to start recording again after I explicitly said how I was going to salvage the audio and is now doing that fucking mutley laugh that we all know and hate. Have you started recording yet? He said no. <laughs> you, oh, oh, this isn't this isn't suffering. Right, I'm just going to do the outro. This has been the Snuff O'Clock Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. That's been Kilo. Idris fucked off because he's lazy. And yeah, consider supporting us on Patreon where we post extended cuts of our podcast, usually just a sort of 15, 10 minute preamble at the start of the episode till we realise that one of us didn't actually record on time. Once again, that's Idris's fault. Um, and then, you know, that's it. You can follow us on Twitch where we live stream. I'm currently setting the schedule of recording on sorry streaming on Sundays Mondays and maybe Tuesday evenings so look out for those latest video on the YouTube channel we played The Quiet Man you should go watch that because it's a fucking shit show you play as a 
deaf guy and none of the game has audio except it also does have audio but it's disorienting and you're the, the developers recommended that you don't play the game with subtitles so we spent the whole game just dubbing the cutscenes ourselves and ended up writing an entire drama about a man who's turned the New York police force into a pie conversion centre so if you enjoy the absurdity of this podcast then that's definitely something that you should watch as well because it's basically like this but there's a stupid visual form with it um, I think that's everything yeah okay uh I'm all alone right now. No, I'm still here. I was just playing the tour. Oh, oh, thanks, man. Yeah, um, goodbye. Bye.